Are you afraid of estrogen at midlife and in menopause and think it's going to cause cancer? Well, you need to listen up then to this episode because Dr. Sharon Stills is going to share vital information with you that will let you know not only why you shouldn't be scared, but why estrogen is your best friend at midlife. So the big question is, how do women over 40 like us keep weight off, have great energy, balance our hormones and our moods, feel sexy and confident and master midlife? If you're like most of us, you're not getting the answers you need and remain confused and pretty hopeless to ever feel like yourself again. As an OBGYN, I had to discover for myself the truth about what creates a rock solid metabolism, lasting weight loss and supercharged energy after 40 in order to lose 100 pounds and fix my fatigue. Now I'm on a mission. This podcast is designed to share the natural tools you need for impactful results and to give you clarity on the answers to your midlife metabolism challenges. Join me for tangible natural strategies to crush the hormone imbalances you're facing and help you get unstuck from the sidelines of life. My name is Dr. Kieran Dunstan. Welcome to the Hormone Prescription Podcast. Hey everybody, and welcome back to the Hormone Prescription Podcast. It's Dr. Kieran. Super excited to share my guest with you today. She's talking about a vital topic about why estrogen is your best friend at midlife. I know a lot of you are scared of estrogen. You think it's going to cause breast cancer and you are missing out on the most nourishing hormone of your midlife and your menopause when you run from estrogen. And there's a lot of confusion, even among practitioners, about the risks, the pros and cons of using estrogen therapy. And so I know you're not getting the right information probably, and that's why we're doing this episode, because if you're missing out on estrogen, you're missing out on what will help keep your brain healthy and prevent dementia, what will help keep your bones healthy and your muscles full and keep your weight down and really help you to create an 85 that is vital and alive and it's everything you want and nothing you don't want. So without estrogen, it's really tough to make 85 look awesome and there's a lot of misinformation out there. So Dr. Sharon Stills is going to break it down. She's going to talk about why you shouldn't be afraid. She's going to talk about mammography and thermography, if you wanted to know about that. And she's going to talk about ways to minimize any risk that might be associated with estrogen replacement therapy. She has a quote that she loves, leap and the net will appear. And if you're listening to me now, I know you've leapt and we are the net and we're going to catch you. So I'll introduce you to Dr. Sharon, and then we will get started. Dr. Sharon Stills is a naturopathic medical doctor who is known for her successful treatment of both early and advanced stage breast cancer and was featured in the Cancer Prevention Summit. She shows women how to have a red, hot, sexy menopause and make the second act of life amazing. Dr. Stills is a member of the Women's Health Network expert panel, and her expertise with menopause, estrogen, and breast cancer make her a sought-after consultant on these topics. Welcome, Dr. Sharon, to the podcast. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. Always a pleasure to spend time with you. You as well. Your interview on the Stop the Menopause Madness Summit was absolutely one of the favorites. I think we titled it talking about estrogen and breasts and fear. Oh my, something like that. <laughs> and why, 
why you shouldn't be afraid of estrogen. And I don't think that women can hear enough about this topic because no sooner do they hear your interview on the summit than they go somewhere and someone says, oh no, you shouldn't take estrogen. It's so dangerous. So can you start just by telling a little bit, I gave all the hard data on your credentials, your creds, your street cred, but can you just share with everyone how you became so passionate about menopause and estrogen and how this happened? Sure, I'd be happy to. It kind of came to me, and I always believe the universe, God, whatever you, however you want to refer to the greater power, brings to you what you need, brings to you, you attract what you need in your path. And so I had opened up my medical practice fresh out of med school back in 2002. And what happened was a patient came in with this book from Suzanne Summers, and it was all about bioidentical hormones. And I was like, at first I was like, wait, isn't that Chrissy from Three's Companies? And she's a quote, dumb blonde. And I thought, and now she's talking about medicine, but I have an open mind. And I said, sure, I'm happy to take a, give me the book. Let me read it and let me see what I think. And I read it and I was like, wow, Chrissy's pretty spot on. She knows what she's talking about. And so I went back to the patient and I said, sure, I'm happy to help you with bioidentical hormone replacement. I'm gonna add in the things I know from my studies in Europe about bioregulatory medicine and from being a naturopathic physician and we're really going to focus on your lymphatic system and your liver and your emotions and so forth but I started working with her and she just referred me a ton of patients she was so happy I basically quote changed her life and so at the same time I personally was a hormonal nightmare and I had PMS three weeks out of the month, if I wasn't having my period. I mean, I always felt bad, bloating, breast tenderness, craving, mood swings, the whole thing. I had just suffered and struggled all this time. And here I just helped her so much with her hormones. And then I thought, well, wait, what are what's one of my philosophies? Physician heal thyself first, physician as teacher, doceri. And so I started to work on my own hormones. Now I wasn't in menopause yet, but I started to work on my own hormones and oh my God, my life changed. And so by the time I went through menopause, I was 48, that was five years ago. I didn't even have a hot flash. I just sailed through menopause, which just blew my mind. Having had struggled, I thought menopause would be a nightmare for me. And then along the way, intertwined with that, I started seeing a lot of cancer patients. And so I started working, especially at the time I was in New York, breast cancer, it's one of the hot pockets. And so I started working with a lot of breast cancer patients and started delving into hormones and the connection between cancer. And like you said, the, the word on the street, estrogen causes cancer, estrogen is bad, stay away from it, you hear it all the time. I had breast cancer, now I'm going through menopause and they're just told to suffer because they can't take hormones. And I just turned that around and realized that was all very far from the truth. Right, well, great, I'm so glad you did. Let's dive a little bit into it because yes, word on the street, oh, be afraid, be very, very afraid. So first off, why we live in a reality where if you're not, if you're without estrogen, if you're estrogen deficient, you're in big trouble. And not only should you not be afraid, you should be very afraid if you don't have it. So why such a dichotomous view? How is it possible that we all live in the same world and the average person, woman on the street believes that it's horrible and that we know exactly the opposite is true? 
I think there's a number of reasons. I mean, I think you have to look back at the Women's Health Initiative study, which kind of blew up how hormones are dangerous. They halted that study. And of course, we know now that study was very flawed. And more importantly, that study was using horse estrogens. It was using Premarin. It was using Prempro, which has synthetic progestins. And so this is apples and oranges comparison to when we're talking about bioidentical hormone. Pregnant horses produce equilinins, I think that's how you say it, the estrogens they produce that aren't even found in the human body. The ratio of estrone to estradiol is very different between a horse and a woman. Horses don't have estriol, which we produce estriol, and estriol is one of the breast cancer protective hormones. And so I think a lot got very skewed then, and it just became this kind of folklore knowledge that estrogen is bad, you shouldn't take hormones, it can cause cancer. But no one really dug down and looked at, well, wait, the study was flawed. Well, wait, the study wasn't talking about bioidentical hormones. And the truth is, we don't see a lot of studies on bioidentical hormones because there's no financial interest in it for the pharmaceutical companies. And it takes a lot of money to produce a double-blind placebo, a gold standard type of study. So I think that's where it all began. And then we also need to think about exogenous estrogens or xenoestrogens. So exogenous meaning coming from outside the body. And these are rampant. And these range from birth control pills to plastic containers, to sunscreens, to personal care products, to so many things that we are exposed to in our daily lives. And so if you want to be worried about anything, be worried about the xenoestrogens and start to clean up your life. And that's actually something we have control of. We can choose what we put in our body, what we store our food in, whether there's chlorine in our shower water or not, what we're putting on our hair. What, and so those things we have a choice of, and then we can start to reduce the xenoestrogen load. And so... We also have to look at the different kinds of estrogens. And there are three main estrogens that we talk about in the body. So estrogen is really this word that the pharmaceutical companies made analogous with Premarin. And estrogen is really, it's just an umbrella. There are estrogens. So there's estrone, there's estradiol, there's estriol. And so Estrone can be very proliferative, it can, which means growth, make breast tumors tissue grow. But there's always a yin and a yang, a balancing act going on. And estriol, which is E3, how it's known, actually in the presence of estradiol and estrone will be anti-carcinogenic. It slows down that proliferation. And you have to think about, well, which estrogen receptors are they affecting? So there's the estrogen receptor alpha, which yes, does stimulate growth, but the beta one does the exact opposite and estriol stimulates the beta one. So we can actually use estrogen, estriol, to slow down growth, to have anti-carcinogenic effects. And so it's a lot deeper than just saying, estrogen causes cancer. It's kind of like when I have patients who are dealing with cancer and they're going in for surgery and the oncologist says, you need to stop all your supplements for two weeks. 
And to me, that's just a lazy way of practicing medicine, rather, <laughs> rather looking and saying, okay, well, these supplements are blood thinners, and yes, they probably should be stopped before surgery, but some of these are actually going to help you go into surgery better. But it's just like this blanket statement. So I feel like it's a lazy way of practicing endocrinology to just say, estrogen causes cancer, stay away from it. And like you said in the beginning not having estrogen is what we should be scared of. Estrogen has over 400 actions, important actions in the body from stimulating cholecystokinin to increase society, satiation. So you're not as hungry. It helps with your weight. It helps with the enzyme acetylcholotransferase acetylcholine transferase, which helps prevent Alzheimer's disease. It helps with memory loss. There's actually estrogen stimulates ACE2 receptors in the heart. And so ACE2 receptors we know are a big thing with the coronavirus. So could that be why women aren't suffering as much as men? Because they have the protection of estrogen, which helps stimulate the immune system in positive ways. And so there are all these things that estrogen does that has nothing to do with what we think about when we think about estrogen. You ask anyone estrogen, and I pretty much guarantee the first thing that's gonna come out of their mouth is hot flashes. And then from there, we can go to vaginal dryness and getting rid of wrinkles. And these are having good hair. These are all important things. But the point I'm trying to make is that estrogen does so many other physiological things that have nothing to do with what we all associate estrogen for, which is why it's so dangerous to not be replacing your estrogen. And I just, of course, when I'm talking about estrogen, I'm always talking about, when I'm talking about any hormone, I'm always talking about the bioidentical hormones. And Jonathan Wright, who I first studied hormones with years and years ago, who is, I consider the, the father of bioidentical hormone replacement, he wrote the first script for biased in the States. And he always says the synthetic hormones are space alien molecules. They are not shaped the same as our bioidentical hormones. So when you put a synthetic hormone in your body, you, your body doesn't know what it is. It sees it as a space alien, where when we're taking the bioidentical ones, they are just that. They are biologically identical. And your body goes, oh, I know what that is. And it knows how to take it in and get it into the receptor site and have it do its action, knows how to detox it out of the body. So it's really important. And I think that's a big problem. As I said, we're talking apples and oranges, and I can't tell you even how many patients I have, and even long-term patients who have been on bioidenticals with me for 10, 15 years, will still sometimes come in for a checkup and be like, I'm not feeling good. And then I find out they stopped their hormones. And I'm like, why did you stop your hormones? And they're like, because I just read something online or I went to go have a transvaginal ultrasound and the gynecologist scared me. And so it's easy to be scared and it's easy to read something online that's talking about the synthetic ones and think it's about what you're taking. So I feel like it's something, like you said, we can never hear this enough. And even for women who are educated, because I do educate my patients very well, they can even get into fear. And it used to be, I feel like we used to get our medical advice sometimes like standing on the line at the bank and you hear someone, you start talking, there's a long line and someone's like, oh yeah, well, estrogen does this or estrogen does this. And then you just get scared. And now that's really blown up to where a lot of people, women are getting their medical advice 
on social media from people right. who aren't qualified to be giving medical advice and it does a a huge disservice so estrogen does not cause cancer but can it be a cause within a bigger context if you're drinking five cups of coffee a day that's going to increase your breast cancer risk if you're practicing intermittent fasting or caloric caloric restriction that's going to decrease your breast cancer risk if you have an excess of e1 estrone which is very proliferative and common after menopause in your body and it's not opposed you're not balanced with your progesterone and your testosterone you're not detoxing out through your liver you're not living a healthy lifestyle then can it play a role sure but on its own because you have to think about it so people who smoke every year they quit smoking what does it do it decreases their risk of lung cancer so if that were true then when women went through menopause and if they didn't replace their estrogen they should decrease their risk of breast cancer each and every year, but that's not the case. We see an uptick in breast cancer in postmenopausal women. We do not see an uptick in breast cancer, thank goodness, when girls are going through puberty and all the estrogen is surging and all the changes are happening. So sometimes you just gotta look at it from an outside perspective and say, wait a second, this just makes no sense at all what people are saying. Yeah, thank you for describing that so beautifully. I love it, space aliens, or I had this, this visual when you were saying that, Having synthetic estrogen is like trying to wear somebody else's shoes. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one. <laughs> so foreign. And thank you for highlighting the 400 plus processes that or effects that estrogen has in the body. It's not just about menopause, you know. It's not just about, I don't want to have hot flashes and vaginal dryness, even though those are the only two symptoms that ACOG recognizes. You know, there are upwards of 30 plus symptoms of menopause that you would notice. And even more scary are the ones you wouldn't notice, like leading to Alzheimer's. You know, mm -hmm. there's no, no red flag or billboard that comes out in front of you and says, hey, you're having the changes that could lead to cognitive impairment and Alzheimer's because you don't have estrogen on board, right? Nobody's giving you that billboard in the face. It's up to women to educate themselves and congratulations. If you're listening to us right now, you are doing your job right, high five. To educate yourself about what is this miracle molecule? Is it devil or angel? And what do I need to do? And just like with human beings, right, Sharon? We all have good and bad. So, you know, you can, water is essential. We're 60 to 70% water, but you can kill yourself by drinking too much. So it's the same with estrogen has the potential to be bad if you, you know, have estrone, for instance, or xenoestrogens like you described. All right, we've talked about why people are confused. And, um, and I just want to add something to that that I think is important because I see it even in our community among other natural health practitioners. There's kind of this following or this group who think that it's like a badge of honor if you can get through menopause without having to take hormone substitution. And so they'll kind of even be like, 
hey, I can help you get through menopause and you won't even need hormones. And I'm not sure, that's like just such another misnomer, like why someone would think it's bad or you're not being natural enough because you're using bioidentical hormones. Because the truth is hormones are going to get depleted as we age and we are living longer lives. And if you can intelligently and safely have a little bit of subphysiological hormone doses in your life to help you age gracefully, be healthier, feel good, then to me, that's the smart move. There's nothing wrong with that. And I can tell you in my practice, I have seen patients who have tried to do that and they never feel good. They're still having symptoms. There's still the underlying, the Alzheimer's risk, the bone health, the cardiovascular health. There's still all those issues that they're not even aware of that are going on. And then when they get on the bioidentical hormones, it's a game changer. And they're like, why didn't I do this 10 years ago? And then another question I always have from patients, how long am I gonna need to take these hormones? Because again, it's educating, it's not just to get through menopause. It's not just to get rid of the hot flashes. And so my answer is always, for as long as you're alive, I mean, I plan on being buried with my hormones. <laughs> Just in case, you know, you never know. So, I mean, they are, there's always that question. A lot of people always ask a doctor such as myself, like, what are the three things you would take if you had to go to a deserted <laughs> island? And you better believe it, my hormones are coming with me. And again, it's making sure they're being monitored properly. It's making sure you're getting the right doses. It's not that you just go on hormones and you go off in the sunset and I never see you again. I'm constantly monitoring, I'm doing 24 hour urine tests at a minimum of yearly to make sure the metabolites are metabolizing into the correct ratios, into the correct metabolites, the metabolites that are protective. And so 2-methoxyestradiol is one that we don't really hear about, but this is one that is actually induces. And so 2-methoxyestradiol, it's an estrogen metabolite and it's anti-cancer. It actually induces apoptosis and it can do this for breast cancer cell lines, for prostate cancer cells, for other cancers. And so we don't hear about this. I used to be able to get this compounded in the States and it appears to me that the pharmaceutical companies are doing their best to get a hold of it and turn it into a drug. And so now it's no longer available in the States. You have to be creative to find it. But this is something I'll use with my breast cancer patients with estriol. And of course, I'm using progesterone and testosterone, which also have anti-cancer activities. I'm supporting the liver phase one and phase two detox. I'm supporting the gut health, the bile health. We have to think about the estrobilome in the gut and where if you are not pooping every day and then your estrogen is coming through and it's nicely packaged and it's supposed to be excreted out in your poop, but you're not going to the bathroom. And now this causes an increase in the rise of beta glucuronidase, which is now gonna take that estrogen and recirculate it through your body. So now you're getting another exposure to it. And if it's heavy in the E1, E2, estrone, estradiol, then yes, you're leading towards more proliferation. So it's a, it's nothing 
nothing is ever in our body in medicine, in my opinion, single out on its own. You have to be moving the lymphatic system. You have to be moving the liver. You have to be happy in your life and right. moving your emotions. So that was a lot of dense information. I hear people listening going, whoa, she just threw all this science. I know that's what's happening. They're having like a, a brain headache from all the science. So I just want to back it up a little bit. Sure. Basically what she said is you need to be pooping to balance your estrogen. That's what she said. <laughs> I hope you heard that because not pooping is epidemic in America. So if someone says to you, what's the number one thing you can do to balance your estrogen? Poop every time you eat or poop every day. So there was a lot of technical information. Are there any patients who come to mind, and I'm with you on that, there is this other group who says, I'm, they, they do have, it's like the same people who say, I'm going to go through childbirth naturally, although that's kind of a different situation. But they have a bad, get a badge of honor for, I'm not going to take hormones, but I say to them, you broke your leg, are you going to get a badge of honor because you healed your leg without a cast? You know, you're calcium deficient. Are you going to say, oh no, I'm going to, I'm going to do osteoporosis naturally and not take calcium, <laughs> even though I'm calcium deficient. Yay, me. I don't understand that concept. Anything else you're deficient in, you need to replace. Vitamin D, calcium. Why in the world, if you're deficient in insulin, right? If you're diabetic and you're deficient in insulin, use insulin. If you're hypothyroid, deficient in thyroid, you take thyroid. Why, is it, why do we have emotional content and emotional issues around, oh no, I'm going to do menopause naturally. I'm not going to replace what my body's crying out for that's going to prevent me from getting osteoporosis, sarcopenia, obesity, Alzheimer's, cardiac disease, like all these things. And I know I'm going on a rant. It's about to stop. So <laughs> <laughs> rant, rant is over. But can you think of some patients who might fall in these different categories whose stories might people might resonate with in terms of their use or lack of use of natural hormones? Yes, and I, I'll pick up that rant for you because that was great. <laughs> so as you were saying that, I was thinking I'll be vulnerable here for a second and talk about myself. So as a naturopathic physician, yes, I'm really into natural things. And one day, and this was many years ago, I had a patient come into my office and she wanted help to prep her. She was getting a breast reduction surgery. And this was this got to be like 15 years ago. So I was fairly new in my practice. And I looked at her and the first thing I did was I judged her. Oh, you're not being natural. You're going for surgery that you don't need. And then I said, wait a second, like take a breath, stop judging the patient, be with the patient, be present with the patient and help her. And by the time we were done with our hour appointment, I was getting ready to call the surgeon she saw so I could get a breast reduction. Because what I realized, and I did, and it was one of the best things I ever did, and what I realized in that moment was sometimes when we hold so tight to these ideals, mm -hmm. we do more harm than good. So we're going to hold so tight to, I'm going to do everything naturally, that we're going to harm our bodies. And having a breast reduction was one of the best choices I ever made. Mm. Being able to run without a bra after having nursed two kids and just having large breasts to begin with. In my And my mother came with me for the surgery. She was probably in her 70s at the time. And she said, I'm so jealous. I wish I could have done <sighs> this when I was younger. And so I learned a lot from that patient, as we always learn. And so, yes, I have definitely had patients who have come in 
and want to do it naturally. And we do have to have that talk. Why is it? And a lot of it stems from they're scared of the hormones. When you really right. drill down, yeah. they're just scared. And they think, because what you said is perfect. Like, you're not going to say, oh, I'm going through osteoporosis naturally. And so when I sit and talk to them and explain all the benefits and explain it's not dangerous and explain it's actually dangerous not to replace, I'm able to bring them over to the, the side of bioidentical hormone replacement. But it, it is, it's very predominant. I think it gets fueled also by a lot of practitioners in the field who say, oh, you don't need to. And I have a friend, I love her dearly, and she would always say, oh, I have hot flashes, but that's fine. I'm just going to get through them because you know what? I don't think of them as hot flashes. I think of them as power surges. And I love the flipping of the script in that in seeing it empowering. But what I add to that is that's great. But however, your body is talking to you. Your body is saying to you, I need help. Something's out of balance. If we're having a hot flash, it's most likely because the estrogen levels are dipping, they're dropping, and we need to replace them. So it's a good thing to be empowered. I'm all about empowerment. I think menopause is the sacred second act of our lives. I think it is such a time of beauty, time when women can come into themselves and really share their gifts, figure out who they are, where they wanna go and all of those things. But we can't take symptoms and just positively affirmate ourselves out of them. We have to look at symptoms in the body as I always say, it's our it's the body talking to us, just like a baby cries. And when a baby cries, you don't smack it and tell it to shut up. You investigate. You say, why are you crying, little baby? Are you hungry? Are you wet? Are you lonely? Are you cold? And we need to do that for ourselves. When we have a hot flash, we need to say, hello, honey, why are you hot flashing? What's out of balance here? Right. Such such a good point. I love what you said. You know, we we are socialized out of the language of the body as children, right? Just with simple things like in school, when our body tells us it needs to go to the bathroom and eliminate, we raise our hand and say, teacher, may I go to the bathroom? Teacher says, no, you can go after class. So we start inhibiting the signals, messages our body's giving us about what it needs for to be healthy. And I think it just starts when we're kids. And then we're also socialized into the doctors, the authority on your body, you're not. And so we abdicate responsibility. And so then people look to us to tell them to read the tea leaves, if you will, of the symptoms. And, and that gives us a lot of power that I know with the education I was given through my traditional training basically only led to, because that was the paradigm I was socialized into, a symptom. And then you give the drug to get rid of the symptom. And once you mask the symptom, you claim success. And that's how. <laughs> and now I know nothing could be further from the truth. <laughs> exactly. Well, and the other thing with thinking you can get a badge of honor going through menopause without using bioidentical hormones is they're still using things. So maybe they're not taking progesterone, but they're taking Vitex to stimulate progesterone right. or they're taking Dong Quai to help their hormones. And so to me, that's still not getting to the root cause. The root cause is plain and simple. Your body has stopped producing hormones. And so what is the best thing to do for your body? It's to give it back a little bit of those hormones because when the body, the wisdom of the body was created, we weren't living into, I mean, I plan on living to 120. 
the body is biologically able to live to 120 if we live right and we do the right thing. And I am not living two thirds of my life without it. You won't make it that long. You, you right, just, you won't make it. You'll break down. And so I hope that we are we are changing some minds here through education and compassion that women can embrace going on bioidentical hormones, having them properly monitored with someone who knows what they're doing is really a gift you give to yourself. Yeah, I definitely agree. Thank you so much for this wonderful information, Dr. Sharon. I know you have a five minutes about menopause ebook that you're going to share with everyone, and we will have the link in the show notes. Do you want to tell them a little bit about that? Sure. It just starts going into busting some of the myths. And so estrogen is definitely in there. The myth that when you go through menopause, it's all over. Your sex life is gone. Your beauty is gone. These are all myths that we are, again, perpetuated in society. And I like to really drive home. I think about the Native Americans where when a woman goes through menopause and she's no longer bleeding, it's thought that she's no longer losing her wisdom through the blood to the earth. She's now retaining it. And they have a ceremony where she becomes a wise woman, a crone. And we do not have that attitude. And my one of my missions is to bring that attitude to everyone in America, in the world, that we women see ourselves as wise. We see ourselves as still beautiful in this second stage and that sex can be amazing. You can have the best sex of your life after menopause. I know it's really nice not to have to worry about an unwanted pregnancy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so there's lots of beauty in this stage. And I always write menopause with parentheses around the pause because to me, the pause and with my patients, I, I utilize a pa- my pause method. But basically, the pause is for you to really stop, to have this transition be memorable, to really think about where you've been, where you want to go. This is your life. And if you don't pause and take stock of what's important to you, no one's going to do it for you. And so it's really important that we use this time to really bring ourselves back to our to ourselves back to the silence inside. Yeah, that's beautiful, Sharon. Thank you so much for sharing the five myths about menopause ebook with everyone. And thank you all for joining us to learn more about why estrogen should be your best friend at midlife. It should be your bestie and you should not be afraid of it. Thank you, Sharon, for really, I think, beautifully outlining the the challenges of why women are believing something that isn't true about a miracle molecule really that can be the difference between them just surviving through the rest of their life and putting up with their life every day and actually thriving. Thank you so much. Exactly. Thank you. Thank you for having me. And I'll just leave everyone with my favorite quote, which is leap and the net will appear. And so in this case, leap into trusting, leap into learning and the net, a doctor such as myself, or Karen will be there to support you and help you get through this time safely and effectively. Absolutely. Thank you so much for listening. I know that incredible vitality occurs for women over 40 when we learn to speak hormone and balance these vital regulators to create the health and the life that we deserve. 
If you're enjoying this podcast, I'd love it if you'd give me a review and subscribe. It really does help this podcast out so much. You can visit thehormoneprescription.com where we have some free gifts for you. And you can sign up to have a hormone evaluation with me on the podcast to gain clarity into your personal situation. Until next time, remember, take small steps each day to balance your hormones and watch the wonderful changes in your health that begin to unfold for you. Talk to you soon.